Wheels, 3.14 p.m., May 16th. Entering the RSS feed of Got It Memorized, a Twin Peaks podcast with a Kingdom Hearts quote for a title. Shouldn't be too hard to remember. I'm sure the hosts have a fun show. That's what I need. Fun show, reasonably paced. I'm Joe, and this is Wheels. How are you, Wheels? I'm good, but there is an urgency to my intro bit because Mm. I found out about it five minutes before you and I got on a call and I just Great time. I need to ensure that your reaction to this is recorded because mine wasn't. Okay. And so, you know, you know how we've been going to glastonburygrove.net slash texts slash episode three dot html for the script of this because we did a Google search. I'm gonna need you to just hit the front page of glastonburygrove.net oh, okay. for me this right is, now. We 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 started we switched to this uh because it has character names yeah. last time. Um, mm-hmm. all right, so just, just the .net, here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. This it is, is an old website. It's full-on Space Jam in its... Uh-huh. Full-on old Space Jam in its yeah, web we design. lost. We, we lost the, the original Space Jam website recently, unfortunately. That's... That can't be true. I refuse to believe it's not archived somewhere. I mean, surely somewhere, but, like, they updated it for the new movie and everyone was upset. Sure. But I'm sure you can get to the mirror of it. Importantly for Glastonbury Grove, which is the fan website uh, we are very indebted to, uh, apparently operated by someone with the username Running Dog, it's literally part of a web ring. That is something that we just say when we want to joke about old internet, but Mm -hmm. Glastonbury Grove has an image that says that it is part of the Twin Peaks of David Lynch web ring. It sure and is. And I just, I'm happy to see it out there, you know. I like that uh, some, something something here has broken because it just says, welcome, you are the soul to visit. Yeah, there's clearly an image that's broken there where it's supposed to be a counter. I would uh, love we've to lost know track. There have been too many souls in and out of the lodge. Well, it has been last updated February 2nd, 2006. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you happy it's still slack. here. The other thing I wanted to point out as I was perusing this website and specifically perusing the page where the script's gonna the script is, I, there's the little music cues mm-hmm. in the script that say what song is playing for each scene, which is very great. Did you know that's a MIDI? <laughs> I saw that it I saw that it said MIDI and I was like, I gotta hear this shit. But it it's, I I don't think I know have a I don't think I have a way to play it on my PC. Because it went to download. You know, it's worth it. I got it. Oh. I got it playing on my end. And it's the Twin Peaks theme in MIDI. What should I? What should I? What, what, ugh. I'm going to have to figure that out next time. And I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it live. But welcome back, everybody. This is a very normal episode this week. Sorry, I just had some things I wanted to make sure that we covered very on important. the show. And you didn't stumble upon them like I did. Off very, recording. Uh, very important that you brought it to our attention. Welcome, everybody to episode four of the podcast covering episode three uh i almost said anime of the uh <laughs> television program twin peaks titled rest in pain rip rip indeed episode three uh episode four of all uh, that'll never stop being funny to me it'll still it'll be confusing the whole time through it'll get more we had confusing. to do something you it'll, know it'll get more confusing when we start posting the return part one in like a year it's fine actually i think that will be less confusing than this <laughs> maybe honestly, yeah maybe actually because the, the season is very 
on its own piece. But does the I so I still haven't bothered to watch these log lady intros. Is there anything of the vibe that changes between them or is it still the same just I, kind of like a metaphoric introduction of what's to come? I had read about them. I think near the end of season two, there is some some vibe changes and some camera mm. movement stuff that Lynch does. But for the most part, she is really just setting a vibe and, and kind of talking in broad strokes about the theme. This is she talks about uh, sadness and uh, mm. will 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 it ever end? The answer, of course, is yes. One day the sadness will end, which you can tell Lynch uh, wrote this before uh season three so there's that but is it i mean it's a sad episode but not like the the lynchian sadness dare i say usually has something else going on we've this is the episode with the whole thing's gone haywire and like i was like this is a sad scene and now i'm laughing it's it's the fucking it's the fucking meme from from joker it's like the man, the man fell on his daughter's coffin and you're laughing and it's like yes and i'm not i'm not ashamed to, to say it unfortunately well, this episode strikes me as like, all right, suckers, we ch- we introduced you to the town, we introduced you to the mystery, mm-hmm. we even played a little bit of the weirdness in our hand. Sure did. Are you ready for some motherfucking plot? Because <laughs> yes, yeah, that's kind of what a lot of what this up is, and that's why that's why it's really important that we had a seven minute run up of just completely unrelated stuff. I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So after. You know, the Log Lady intro that I watched on the Blu-ray. There's also a Last Time On. I always, I always watch that as well. Just really, really sets the tone for appointment television. Uh, also, this is, you know, talk as long as we can before starting to talk about the episode. Also on the Blu-ray was a lot of, like, commercials for, like, if, if like you were watching something else on oh, ABC. And, they were, and you were like, oh, here's what's happening on Twin Peaks. Uh, I, I think it's the same. I think they say tonight. and I think it might be same day commercials. But they're all... Lucy explaining it in character. Oh, that's fun. In in the way that Lucy would do. Uh, and it's oh, that's great. That's like exactly what I would want. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. It's, it's very, very, very um. I can't find them online it, though. It feels which, like it's I'm not, not a, to, like, like anime, especially like a kids show would have like mm-hmm. the high voiced character mm-hmm. give the summary at at the she, end I, of the credits roll. It's very similar to that. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember which one it was, but she talks about Leo and she's like, because that his bottle broke in the famous bottle test that Cooper did. And it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just incredibly charming. And, uh, I, I can't find it online. Maybe I need to buy a DVD writer so I can rip it off what I have, but, uh, and, and post it somewhere for, for posterity, but very charming. Anyways, rest in pain. Uh, this episode directed by a person named Tina Rathborn. Doesn't look like she had that. Uh, extensive of a career in film. She does have one. She did uh, write and direct uh, her debut, Zelly and Me, and then a couple episodes of Twin Peaks and a thing here mm-hmm. or there, but that seems like the uh, most of her work. So, uh, yeah. Uh, unlike the other two, we have a few, we have fewer things to compare for director's work here. Yeah, and uh, not uh, written by Frost or Lynch or them together, written by Harley nope. Payton, who is... Uh... Plenty involved with Twin Peaks. It says he produced all of uh, season two. What is Twin Peaks Access Guide to Town? Oh, I guess it's just like a tiny little book. Like an in-universe book, it looks like, that they uh, produced. Oh, fun. Like a, like a tourism guide thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I wonder if these other names, because there's five credited authors. I'm assuming they're all probably attached in, in some way. But uh, there's, there's so much ephemera for, for Twin Peaks. Um, whoops, I closed the whole tab. I need that beginning of the episode let's see what do we start on we start 
Should we should probably say also, like, do you remember last time that it, it ended with Cooper saying he knew who killed Laura Palmer and then said it can't wait till morning and hung up the phone? That's just, you know, worth remembering. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's oh, fine. I- and I just remembered the best bit from the commercials I watched, which is it showed Cooper sitting up in bed and Lucy's like, how does his hair get like that? And I just... <laughs> okay, now we can move on. Uh, he goes to breakfast. That's right. Um... We notice that uh, Audrey is actually just kind of hiding away in the hallways of the Great Northern where she She lives. uh, And she's kind of just waiting for Cooper to get out of his room so that she can follow him and be sure that she just happens to be at the hotel restaurant for breakfast at the same time that he's at the hotel restaurant for breakfast. I have to believe this is the only reason she's up early. Yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't strike me as a morning person unless she just does not sleep, which I, could she, all, I, I mean, can believe she's, that. She's like learning to love coffee, so I think the clues are all there. That's true. Yeah. Gotta, 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 gotta match his schedule. Um, but yeah, she looms. They talk. He comments on her perfume, which is him already putting together where the note came from. And then I, he like tells her to write something down and then matches the handwriting to that as well. Um, and he's like, why? Why'd you, why'd you do that? The note specifically that you're mentioning is the one that told yes. him to look into one-eyed Jacks or Jack, Jack with, one, with eye. one eye. Why even be? Why riddle? Why riddle him? I like. I don't know why she doesn't just go to the guy and say, "Hey, you should look." You into didn't this. hear it for me, but <laughs> there's a casino brothel brothel slash drug running thing happening at a place called One-Eyed Jacks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Like I realize this is because her dad is involved. Also, she's also, young. Well, yeah, that's true. Nah, that's, that's <laughs> it's like check into she essentially check in with Jacks with one Jack with one eye. Also, do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, and as part of it too is the reveal takes an episode. Like the mystery started last time, and now it's revealed that it's her. Yeah, and Cooper's confused because they she said that she wasn't friends. With Laura, uh, but Audrey says, we weren't friends, but I understood her better than the rest. Yeah. What else does Cooper note? He makes a note of the fact that Ronette Pulaski also worked at the perfume counter. Um, So he's putting some things together, connecting. He's finding dots and drawing lines. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, specifically the Laura worked at the perfume counter as well. I don't know if you said that, but. I do want to read the line. Oh, uh, essentially. Oh, yeah. Cooper's last line here is. Ridiculous. Are you talking about the the ham? Because that was just gonna skip ahead to the ham one. Was oh, there no, a different I, I, line I, that you I, wanted I, to mention? I, before that, before the before uh Harry gets there, uh before he sends yeah. Audrey away, he's like, Audrey, that right that, that right word slant in your handwriting indicates a romantic nature. A heart that yearns. Be careful. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. <laughs> and uh yeah, the the uh Harry and Lucy show up, so um police business time. She leaves. Yeah, then he then then he takes his order, which I'm I think you want to read. Uh, he says to the waiter, he says, "Short stack of griddle cakes, melted butter, maple syrup, lightly heated, slice of ham. Nothing beats the taste sensation when maple syrup collides with ham." <laughs> <laughs> griddle cake, slice of ham, and then like a beat. The passes. physical comment, the physical comedy of the performance is just very good. The fact yeah, that the he punctuates is the so good. By, by just, Cause it's not a, it's not like a light clap. It's a full like thunder clap of ham colliding with maple syrup. Uh-huh. Very good bit. 
It's great. Yeah, so yeah, she confirms the order. There's like a beat, and Harry leans in and is like, who killed Laura Palmer? <laughs> Take, that's taking a sip of coffee, by the way. That wasn't Cooper <laughs> no, taking he's, a vape he's, rip. He's hitting his vape. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, there we go. Ah, uh, Harry, let me tell you about the dream I had last night. Tibet? No. You were there, Lucy. So were you. Which is weird because... They were, right? They aren't. I don't in, remember in it. the montage at this point. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're actually in it, which is the weird bit. Maybe we just we just didn't see it all, I guess. Who cares? Elliptical editing. Nope, you were there. Lucy, so are you. Harry, my dream is a code waiting to be broken. Break the code, solve the crime. <laughs> Lucy writing this down. Break the code, solve the crime. <laughs> Uh, which she also repeats Cooper, in the commercials a couple times, which is great. Fun. Cooper's, uh, let's see. Um, I just wanted to read the. It's funny because he said he knew who did it <laughs> and he, he had, forgot. He, yeah, he basically. Oh, I guess we haven't he, gotten that. We haven't gotten there yeah, yet. Have we? He, 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 but he, yeah, at the end of this, he's like, I, well, I have to, I, you know, the pieces are there, but. I have to I have to put I have to crack the code. Uh, he basically recounts the dream like, you know, he, he does our podcast for a minute. Um, he points out that the the one armed man's name is Mike and the killer's name is Bob. And Harry's like, Mike and Bob. He's like, no, 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 no. Completely different. No, 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 no. Different Mike, different Bob. <laughs> yeah. Lived above the convenience store. Uh, tattoo says firewalk with me. These are important. And he says, do you know where dreams come from? Not specifically. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know how to, I'm, I'm too dumb to pronounce this word. Acid. Acetylcholine neurons fire high-voltage impulses into the forebrain. These impulses become pictures. The pictures become dreams. But no one knows why we choose these particular pictures. What was the end of this dream? Suddenly, it was 25 years later. I was sitting in a red room. And, uh, yeah, we get to see some of that footage again. Uh, he explains what he saw there, that the woman looked like Laura Palmer, but uh, it wasn't. It's the man's cousin. Uh, yeah, then he says that she kissed him, whispered the name of the killer, and uh, Harry's like, well, who was it? And he's like, I uh, don't remember. <laughs> Sheriff and Lucy both say, damn. <laughs> uh, Harry, our job is simple. Break the code, solve the crime. What I love about it is like, why couldn't have waited? Last time he called and he said, meet me in the morning. I know who killed Laura Palmer. It can wait till morning. I mean, <laughs> Clearly it couldn't, dude. I mean, in universe. Like, I know I'm pointing out. The, I'm just pointing out the joke. Yeah, it, that, that, the answer is because it's funny. It's very funny, but I just want to know what was going through his head where he was so sure that <laughs> that it could wait. He doesn't. I can tell you exactly what was going through his head. It was a steady rhythm. Yeah, that's that's it. That's all that was there. No thoughts. Head empty, just jazz. Head, head full of something else. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fight over at the morgue that someone radios over in. They got to go deal with Albert. Uh, so it's Albert time. They go to the morgue. And there, there, there's some conflict between Albert wanting to just, you know, do the highest level of autopsy possible and Doc Hayward being like, this is a... <laughs> there's, there's like power my... drills involved. Yeah. He's like, there's a point at which he's like... I got a lot of cutting and pasting to do, gentlemen. It's so <laughs> gruesome. It is. Uh, and, and Cooper has to, to step in. Uh, I, Albert, like, 
Oh, I've got compassion running out of my nose, pal. I'm the Sultan of Cinnamon. <laughs> he, he has a lot of just vicious monologues because he, he has to do his job and doesn't really give a shit about... I, I, he just, I guess he just like this. These tests are so much more important than the sentiment of a body that's not coming back anyway. He's just such an yeah, the, asshole about the, it. The conflict here is that people from the town, uh, specifically, I think it's Benjamin Horn, is there in standing in uh, for Leland, the in, dad. Yeah, yeah, standing in for the Palmer family, which is a choice who couldn't be there apparently. And he's saying like, we need they. The funeral's tomorrow. Like we need the body. It's today. You got to be done with it's it. Hours. It's today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but Albert says you can have a funeral any old time. You dig a hole. You plant a coffin. Yeah. I, however, cannot perform these tests last year, next month, next week, or tomorrow. I must perform them now. I've got a lot of cutting and pasting to do, gentlemen. So please, why don't you return to your porch rockers and resume whittling? <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Doc Hayward just was like, all right, and then unplugs the machine so he can't use it. Uh, but Cooper shows up, which Albert's like, oh, thank God, but Cooper is not going to be on his side in this debacle. Uh, I'll actually, I like Albert's line, Cooper, this old, is, this old fool is obstructing a criminal investigation. Cuff him. <laughs> <Just don't- laughs> it's so funny that, like, Albert sees, like, Albert is the hero of his own story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, he's just like in this story. He's just he's just the guy. He's just the smart autopsy guy. You know, he's just he's a tertiary a, character. He's the main character of a Michael Mann movie. He's professional, and people <laughs> right. people are standing in his fucking way. Yeah, someone's got to do the right thing. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, let's see. How does it resolve? Does uh, someone get punched? Yeah, I think. It's, Truman it's punches Albert, Truman, right? Truman punches Albert. He falls onto Laura's body. He, but before that, Albert like pulls Cooper aside. He's like, "Please, Cooper, I do not suffer fools gladly, and fools with badges never. I want no interference from this hulking boob. Is that clear?" And then, yeah, Truman clocks him. Then, then, yeah, Cooper's Cooper like splits him up basically, and it's like, Albert, no, this is this is enough. Like the sheriff didn't mean anything. He hit me. Well, I'm sure he meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, he stops. We he cut. Stops uh, we cut back it. to this eventually, but that's basically the end of the scene. Albert walks out defeated, um, and we'll cut back to Albert later. What's a dot ram file? I just I downloaded know. the intro to Invitation to Love. It says it's gonna play on VLC. Yeah, this oh, one it's, works. It's just an audio recording. Sounds like yeah, it's just the introduction to Invitation to Love because that's what starts the next scene. And this is I, this one's it's pointedly true. relevant to the scene it's in. Yeah, we Leland is watching this in-universe soap opera called Invitation to Love. Invitation to Love, starring Morton Hadley as Jet, Selena Swift as Emerald, and Jade, <laughs> Evan St. Vincent as Jared Lancaster, and Jason Dembo as Montana. Jason Dimbo. The, the voice of the announcer from Invitation to Love, that is like the trailer voice guy, right? I don't know. I think it is. I could be, if, if it's not, it's someone who does a very good impression of him, which is a rarity because... It's, it's the same tone. A lot, of imp- a lot of those impressions are bad, and it's a shame that I don't remember the name of that guy, but... If if you don't know what I'm talking it. about, it used to be that all movie trailers were voiced by one of two men. In and a world. You think, you think that's a thing I'm making up. 
Yeah, but it's very I, I, true. I was thinking and about this because... I think both because... of them have passed away, or at least if they haven't passed away, they've both retired. Yeah. I, so I, trailers I had to be it, different. But Trailers are different yeah. now. I fa- it, it is Don LaFontaine who does Invitation to yeah. Love, uh, announcing that is the person that we're thinking of. Uh, weirdly does not have a page on the Twin Peaks fandom wiki. Uh, Don LaFontaine hates to see it. But guess we got to make it. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's what we've been. We, we didn't realize the destiny of our podcast from was, the beginning was, was to make a Twin Peaks Wikia page for Don LaFontaine. <laughs> uh, Fabi, basically, I was thinking about this because everything leads here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll get old DVDs from the library uh, for stuff I want to watch. And I sometimes it'll just, like sit through the trailers for old movies and be like, man, what a different world it was. <laughs> In a world, in a place that was quiet. Quiet place too. Uh, Coming soon to Buena Vista Home Entertainment. Uh-huh. Yeah, so anyway, Leland is watching soaps. Clearly just not dealing well. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say not dealing well. He's getting both a shot and, from a nurse. Yeah, yeah, but grieving, you know? Grieving, definitely. Um, but, but what I want to point out about the TV show is that it right. establishes that Two daughters in this in this universe in the t- in, in Emerald and Jade are played by one actor because they're twins, uh, parent trap situation. But as this is on on the the in universe screen that Leland is watching, his niece arrives, which is a second character played by Cheryl Lee. So he now has a niece who looks exactly like his dead daughter Laura Palmer. Different hair color. This is but. my cousin, but doesn't she look exactly like Laura Palmer? Uh-huh. As the man from another place said last episode, although, must be said, this character, Madeline, she's got different color hair. That's a different mm-hmm. person. I don't know what to tell you. Different color hair? Wears hair's, glasses? Hair's not the same. But Relatively yeah, it is the same actor, just with, a, just with a wig and glasses. Yeah, uh, yeah. the, the performance is quite distinct. That's true. Cheryl is good. Uh, I, I I wonder how much of it is like the plot machinations, how much of it is just like, I just want her on screen more. I'm going to write a new character. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that that's that was a big part of it was that I believe it. they cast her essentially for the look that they were going for because the character was dead. <laughs> so <laughs> but then they found out that she's actually an incredible actor. And that's kind of how. Fire Walk With Me came to be a thing, but I also think that that's how this character of Madeline came to be a thing, Madeline mm-hmm. being Laura's cousin. Yeah, she's not uh, in this episode much, mainly just people look at her and her like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, she, she'll be around. Yeah, there's just like, the, the audio from the TV is playing while Leland is like struggling to process this information that is in front of him, and then there's... Uh, there's some stuff at the diner that uh, kind of going on with Norma. We don't need to go in depth, but it kind of just reminds no. that uh, her her husband is in prison. She's talking to someone about parole. Like, will you help him get a job? It, if, it uh, seems to be who I'm guessing that it's who will be her husband's parole officer once he's mm-hmm. out of prison, assuming he makes parole. Bad news, everybody. Doesn't he make parole? I thought he did. No, he, that, that's the bad news. So, oh right, because he's a bad man. Yeah. Well, the carceral system's shit anyway. That's true. But he comes out and does bad things also. That's that's also very true. But anyway, yeah, we're just reminded that she has a husband in prison mm-hmm. and that he is looking to get 
uh, released early on parole. Scene ends. Uh, Sheriff Truman and Cooper start hanging out at uh, Leo Johnson's place just to see what this <laughs> old boy's up to. What's he doing way out here? Surely something great. Uh, yeah, as the scene starts, Cooper's watching ducks and he's like, look at that. Ducks on the lake. So find me on Leo Johnson. Uh, and then they <laughs> talk to talk to Leo. Yeah, he's, you know, uh, C- Cooper's having fun with Shady. this because he knows the answer to all the questions he's asking. Which is like one of the two things that Cooper does yeah. as an agent. It seems like that's his that's his number one play. Uh-huh. Just, just rile people up by asking questions that he it knows will rile him. them up. Yeah. It's like, did you know Laura Palmer? No. How well did you know her? <laughs> <laughs> I said I didn't. They don't really get any info out of him. He says, nope, I've got an alibi. I called my wife, Shelly, around that time from Butte, Montana. Uh, she can confirm this. Mm-hmm. That's the end of that, though. Um, not a great alibi when it's just my wife swears I called her. I swear I was at this other place when I did. Mm-hmm. But that's what he's got for an alibi. Uh, and then we get a, a scene with uh, Bobby and his dad, Major Garland Briggs, yet again. Where it starts, it starts with him like Bobby's like staring at a cross on the wall, like Jesus paraphernalia that he's like posing to match, like his arms are up. Uh, but he's smoking a cig, mm-hmm. and Major Briggs <laughs> is not happy about it. Uh, we already saw that. Uh, we saw a scene very similar to this. The last time we saw this family together, we basically get the same scene um, without the physical violence instead it's just raised voices when uh it's it's essentially major briggs trying to tell bobby like it's okay if you're nervous about the funeral or if you're scared it's it's a hard thing and bobby they're they're not making eye contact bobby's like running his hand over a lighter because he's just like trying not to be here mentally but then yeah yeah what what gets him is is like it's okay if you're afraid son and he's like afraid of what well the funeral I'm not afraid of any damn funeral. Afraid? I can hardly wait. Afraid? I'm gonna turn it upside down! <laughs> the, the, what does that mean? <laughs> he starts the yell, like, we, we could not replicate the yell without upsetting those around us. Because, uh-huh. because it's a full scream. Like, that is probably what this character was cast for, because he screams... A lot, but boy, it's a good scream. He's good. He's just He's being good. unhinged right now, and you can't... Twin Peaks, you know? I mean... What I'm saying about yeah. Twin Peaks, there's uh, good screaming in it. A lot of good screams in Twin Peaks. Uh, Yeah, and it's kind of... I think it's kind of hard to tell for me with Bobby, like, what, what's going on in that hard head of his, you know? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think my approach is what isn't going on in there. <laughs> yeah. I think that's well, the problem. Well, I mean, to me, it's like, he clearly... Was like the show does want us to think that like his relationship with Laura wasn't great because neither of them cared too much about it. But mm-hmm. he certainly seems very like he's still very upset at her death, and he... we'll get a scene later where he gives kind of a monologue that makes that even clearer. Well, I mean, yeah, so he's an he's an interesting character at least. They're kids. He's messed up in a lot of shit that he's scared about, but thinks he shouldn't be because he's trying to be older than he is. But like he he was cheating on Laura, but he is still like surprised that i think he's surprised that he is hurt to find out she was cheating on him and now she's gone yeah and he's just like 
I thought that I had that good thing there, even if I wasn't appreciating it. Anyways, I don't know how to process any of this because I there is nothing between me and my my family. As as we yeah. as we've seen now uh, twice, fucking his mom comes in like everybody ready, and he's she's wearing fucking a smiley face pin on her jacket. Fucking. Right after he's yelling and she doesn't mm-hmm. acknowledge it at all, kind of the yeah. same she did for the last one, and that's the end of the scene. Yep. The the next one is a check back in with Cooper a Cooper Truman and Albert. Albert gives a report of his findings from the uh portion of the of his autopsy that he was able to uh, finish before the funeral. Uh, there's a lot of deets here. Do we, I don't know if we need to go all through all of the all the new clues, but it's um seems like she was tied with twine. Same as Ronette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the, all the cocaine stuff came back positive as well. Um, Cooper kind of makes a link in his head between the the dream Laura cousin saying sometimes my arms bend back and the fact that Laura Palmer's hands were tied behind her back. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the first example of break the code, solve the crime of like a thing from the dream manifesting itself in the waking world. Mm hmm. We skipped over just Harry mentioning that Hawk is still trying to track down the man with one arm. Oh, true, yeah. I just, I'm saying that before I forget about it. Yeah, Albert kind of describes basically more stuff he was able to put together from it, which, you know, Harry is like, Christ, this is, uh, you know, uh, not what he's used to dealing with. Fair. Um, And there's like, the other thing that's weird is Albert says like, there's like claw and claw marks and bites on the body that seemed like not uh, a human marks as well as I think they didn't find. I think Cooper didn't find a letter under Laura's fingernails, but did find one under Ronette's fingernails. And he mm-hmm. was kind of expecting to find it based on previous murders. Uh, that, that's, the same that's culprit. One of the connective threads. Yeah. Right. And, and apparently Albert finds the letter J in in her stomach contents. So mm. instead of under the fingernails, like with Ronette and the other woman whose name I don't remember who we see in Firewalk with me, but the other person who's been murdered bef- yeah. before the events of the show, Teresa Banks, that all three of them now do have this connection to a small printed letter being on their person when they're dead. Yeah, Albert makes another remark about like, imagine what I would have found if I had more time and um, the the officers go off to the funeral and Cooper tells Albert off uh, that he stop being mean to these people. They're good people. Well, actually, that, that starts with with Albert saying like he had a report marked up for like people obstructing him. And Cooper's like, I'm not going to. Right. That. He was expecting Cooper to sign a report, an incident report, essentially, to get uh, Truman reprimanded. By by whom the FBI comes down and is like. You're bad, and then bad, bad. <laughs> Be better. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah. So Cooper tells him off in a in a in a good monologue, uh, like Laura Palmer's death has affected each and every man, woman, and child because life life has meaning here. Every life. That's a way of living I thought had vanished from the earth, but it hasn't, Albert. It's right here in Twin Peaks. And Albert's like, whatever, man. <laughs> he says, sounds like you've been snacking on some of the local mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Albert leaves upset and. Uh, Cooper ends it by telling uh, Diane through the tape recorder that he should look into buying property out here in Twin Peaks because it's nice and he likes it. At what I assume will be a very reasonable price. 
But the next line of dialogue is Nadine, love me. Yeah, the, 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 this scene is so weird. This scene is so, it makes me feel strange. <laughs> like, Nadine's, it's a Nadine and Big Ed scene, and we're essentially learning the backstory of Nadine and Big Ed got together, and, you know, some of the backstory with the Norma stuff, too, because Nadine says... Oh, Ed, last night was wonderful. <laughs> Which, like, I don't need... Nadine, I don't know, need to know about what you and Big Ed get up to in the... Uh, when uh, dusk hits the be- the gas farm. <laughs> but she says, Oh, my darling Ed, you came back to me. Now I feel like we're to- really together again. At high school, I used to watch Norma and you at the football games. Okay. She was so pretty, and you made such a handsome couple. But I knew... Even though I was just a little nobody, just a little brown mouse, I always knew inside, once you got to know me, that we'd be together forever. So that's the backstory we get of those characters. Kinda. Like I said, it makes me feel strange, because Ed, at least at this point in the story, is clearly thinking, like, God, I should have have never met this woman uh-huh. like you could tell from his face that he that she is on cloud nine and he is firmly on the planted on the ground <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah there's like several beats as he's like staring off into the distance and uh she asks about a bike outside and ed's like oh that belongs to james and she's like james who <laughs> which is uh a hell of a line that she's just like because it's her because it's their nephew um mm-hmm. and also i would argue foreshadowing uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah then he he shows up because he's like i don't want to go to the the funeral because he's a sad boy but ed makes him go and that's the end of the scene basically do let's see what other scenes do we get we get this one of oh we get a quick scene of audrey's family yeah she's like we see that through a wall at her her dad and uh jacoby the town psychiatrist struggling to to deal with uh with uh Johnny her brother um who is still having a hard time after Laura's death it seems mm-hmm. um but that's it just kind of a little a uh, little vignette uh not even quite a full scene we yeah. get i guess the next is the next bit the, the funeral. yeah i guess the next bit is the funeral what if the whole thing went haywire Th- this funeral sure does i yeah it's uh it's <laughs> this scene is this scene is a masterwork, I think. This scene oh, is yeah. so I'm surprised good. this isn't directed or written by Lynch, honestly. Like, the tone yeah. is, is, is nailed, uh, for sure. Like, uh, we're not going to read the whole actual uh, no. thing that he reads. He gives, you know, his the, the typical monologue you'll hear. Basically, nearly every he character being, is here. Did you mention who, who you're talking? We're talking about Reverend a, Clarence? Yeah, we're talking about a minister giving... Hold on. Uh, you Reverend know, per- Clarence Brocklehurst? Whoa, where is this info coming from? I've never from heard the, this character named. From, I mean, it's in both places, in the script and the wiki. But his name is Clarence oh. Brocklehurst. Um, he shows up, I'm assuming. Does just, he come up again? I can't imagine. <laughs> oh, it says later he officiates a wedding, and I remember that scene. So yeah, he shows up this uh, episode, neat. and then season two, episode 18. So, Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, they brought him back. The town has one guy for this stuff. But yeah, he 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 does his talk. He goes what I imagine is is off script because he just talks about like it's yeah, a very Laura beautiful, it's very beautiful uh, memorial speech he gives for mm-hmm. Laura. But Bobby don't like it. 
Yeah, Johnny yells amen excitedly. He's carrying around a book of Peter Pan to to make It's a nice little better. moment because it's like mm-hmm. it it wouldn't ha- like no it is a socially odd thing that he does, but it kind of like breaks the tension and everyone is like I think appreciate because yeah. he was he was kind of breaking that social moray he was also breaking the the tension and it's like you think it's you think it's like a nice moment and then bobby cuts in to essentially make fun of johnny a little bit yeah while also making a scene and pulling the spotlight to himself by saying amen louder but screaming it angrily because, because he starts on this tirade i don't even know how much of it is making fun of johnny but like, yeah, but like, yeah, he also yells, uh, amen, even louder. He's like, he was behind everybody. And then he comes up to the front and, uh, yells, every, yeah, basically yells at everybody. Like, what do you think this is good for? She would have laughed at all this. And I think the important bit that he says, at least to me, the bit that I find most important is mm. where he says, you damn hypocrites make me sick. Everybody knew she was in trouble, but we didn't do anything. Oh, you good people. You want to know who killed Laura? You did. We all did. And pretty words aren't going to bring her back, man. So save your prayers. She would have laughed at them anyway. Yeah, so it's like he clearly thinks that one person isn't to blame for Laura's death. But mm-hmm. it, which is a is, ta- it is the whole town that has failed this, uh, this person. Which I, I think, you know, before season two got studio notes, uh, probably would have mm-hmm. been what Lynch pointed to a lot of the time anyway he didn't want to reveal who actually did the thing and yeah that's that scene's good it, it, again like i just I want to pick apart bobby's brain sometimes it's just like mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in there and then uh after causing this scene bobby specifically sees that johnny is there if we didn't or not john uh james mm-hmm. bobby sees that james is there and yeah starts starts f- tussling with with him and we kind of just go into slow motion as the Your funeral descends into dead. madness until until Leland as as yeah. Bobby and James are in fisticuffs. Yeah, well, they're, they're like Leland being split is, up by like the the, the yeah. cops and Cooper. Um and then yeah, Leland at at has lost whatever composure he has now and uh, just kind of falls off screen and onto the onto the the coffin which is like on a um, a a mechanized sort of thing that's going to lower it down, but uh, it just starts Some to sort go of down. fork lift, fork lower device. Yeah, I yeah, I'm sure this is a thing that like exists all the time, and I just have no, I've never seen it oh, outside I've of seen this. It. I don't know. I I've seen this process happen. Don't mm. know what the thing's called, uh, but it's the, the machine that lowers down system. the coffin. And the whole dang thing goes haywire. It does. And it, it goes up and down, and someone in the background uh, is it? Oh, is it? Is it not even in this script? This script claims that it's Reverend Clarence who oh. says the whole thing's gone haywire. The whole which, thing's gone haywire. Interesting claim. We'd ha- I'd have to. I'd have to check the tape to well, see if the, it's that's true. Well, that's the thing. It's off screen, and you only hear him talking very calmly. So, like, yeah, who who could say? But uh, bold claim. Uh, Sarah, the Laura's mom, wife of, of Leland is, uh, starting to break down as well. She says, don't ruin this too. It's sad. You know, their funeral didn't go too well. <laughs> no, haywire even. And then we cut to the double R where Shelly is doing prop comedy to demonstrate what happened to people there. <laughs> and to just two old dudes who find it uproariously uh-huh. funny, which if it were explained to me. I would too, and actually, 
if I saw it, I would too, because I did see it and it was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's it is, a funny scene. It is. It is. It's a it sad is one as well, but it's funny, funny. and sad. Um, it, yeah, that's and that I, I see Twin Peaks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's like, she's like, she has like, it's a napkin dispenser that she's like moving up and down behind the the counter. It's the fact that they're just back to back is just such a great decision of, of like sequencing of scenes do you figure there's a commercial break in between the two probably. i figure there must be yeah probably anyway um anyways uh some people are at the diner in a booth it's big ed uh harry s truman and hawk uh waiting for for cooper to arrive it's it it starts off with uh big ed being like i'm telling you harry he's just not gonna figure this out and they're like making a bet on that on what we'll see in a second he cracks Instantly, because uh, of course he does. He's, he's, he's Dale Cooper. But uh, Norma comes over to take their order. Uh, he, he orders a slice of pie. Uh, Norma, a slice of huckleberry pie, heated vanilla ice cream on the side, coffee. And uh, she walks away, and Cooper basically just turns around to Ed and is like, Big Ed, have you been, how long have you been in love with Norma? <laughs> and that was clearly the terms of the bat, because uh-huh. Truman said, Ed, looks like pie and coffee's on you. What they end up talking about and what they brought Cooper here for was they want him in to help with a drug bust. Uh, Not really related to the Laura Palmer stuff, but Mm -hmm. they need another man they can trust. There is some loose connections to the case. Jacques Renault, the bartender of the roadhouse, is a middleman running drugs from French Canada through... Mm-hmm. I guess Western Canada and into wherever the fuck Twin Peaks is, Washington. Yep. It's yeah. It's it's it's. There are so many drugs across the border stories, but this time it is it is the French Canadians doing doing it. Yeah, and so we find out that uh, and Cooper says something like, "Ed, I didn't know you were a deputy," and Truman says he's not. <gasps> He's actually a member of a secret society with Sheriff Truman and Hawk and some other folks we'll see later mm-hmm. called the Bookhouse Boys. Yep. Um, which Cooper decides to, you know, like at first he's like, hey, is this outside of your jurisdiction, Ed? But he decides to trust the Bookhouse Boys as an institution. He gets his pie. He, he uh, takes a bite and he's like, mm, this must be where pies go when they die. <laughs> another an- uh, another blu-ray note e- i think each of these discs has a different theme for the menu because and i didn't realize oh. it till i got the disc two because disc one is just trees and cooper talking about trees and i was like well that's from the first episode i maybe it'll probably just be suited to whatever episodes are on the disc but no uh disc two is now just basically every scene where someone talks about pie Including stuff from oh, nice. from season two and like down the road. Oh, uh, it just a pe- super cut, even a super cut of pie talk. So I'm excited to That's see what, what the, a lot of people are here for. Is excited to see what the 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 future disc themes will be. Um, I I don't think I'll get to another disc until season two, but then there'll be like five <laughs> discs for season two. Truman introduces Cooper to. Uh, well, essentially the reason why he's been so open to Cooper's dream (laughs) nonsense. This is some Kingdom Hearts dialogue, basically. Yeah, it's true. Truman says Twin Peaks is different, long way from the world. You've noticed that. It's exactly the way we like it, but there's a back end to it that's kind of different, too. Maybe that's the price we pay for all the good things. 
There's a sort of evil out there, something very, very strange in these old woods. Call it what you want, a darkness, presence. It takes many forms, but it's been out there for as long as anyone can remember, and we've always been here to fight it. Cooper says, we. And he says, men before us, men before them, and after we're gone. I only wrote down three notes for this episode, but one of them is I love Big Ed's bolo tie. That's great. I lo- there are some mm-hmm. bolo ties in this show. They pop up here and there, and I'm here for it. Yeah. I don't think I could pull. I don't think I could pull them off, honestly. Like it is a fashion I choice. I, I gotta get into them. That that I really appreciate, but I think I'm too Eastern. You know, mm. Mm. I haven't. I've never. Let's see. No, I have been west of the Mississippi, <laughs> but only a few times. And frankly, actually, I've been a number of times. Because still, I don't. You know. I'm not, I don't have Western vibes. I feel like if I got a nice cowboy hat and a bolo tie, I could pull it off. You know, I feel, I feel like I've always eluded placement regionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. I only have my own perception on this. Uh, Cooper is <laughs> very excited at the idea of a secret society. So they go to the book house, which is a place. We yeah, were talking about this before. Ho- this secret society's home base. Uh, coffee's free there, so Cooper's happy. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, there's a bar, there's a pool table, there's a bookshelf behind which we find James and his friend Joey. Joey's not that main of a character, but uh, he showed up in the pilot. He's here again. It's Joey Paulson. Uh, But he's there with James, um, who is also connected to the Bookhouse Boys. I guess he's a full member. I would guess. Yeah, I don't know if there's like, you must be this old to join. He's at least connected to the Bookhouse Boys, and they have... Bernard Renault, who's mm-hmm. one of the Renault clan, tied up, and they were asking him, they're interrogating him about running drugs. He, I don't think he admits to it, does he? I don't uh, remember. No, he came across the, the border with drugs, and they caught him, but he just said that it's for personal use. Um, he he re- rejects any idea that he was drugged, or that he was, he's like a, a mule. He basically rejects that he's a mule. He seems insulted by it. Boy, does he have an accent, though. Very French. Very French. Yeah, I mean, they're basically just trying to get any information about uh, his brother Jacques Renault because he's not, uh, he's, he hasn't been around for a few days. He's supposed to work tonight. They Basically, it cuts from this scene where it's uh, to him walking to work at the roadhouse, but there's like a light flashing on top of it, which is a signal clearly to him that he should not go inside. So he does not. And he calls up Leo and asks him to uh, uh, take him, I think, up to the border. That's right. Yeah, it seems like Leo has Leo Johnson is like the guy you call when you need you need to be quickly escort. You need some muscle to escort you uh, across the border when uh, when the heat gets too high, you know. Uh So that's apparently what happens. Uh, Jacques catches wind of uh, the fact that the bookhouse boys are on to him, essentially. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else to talk about. Um, he heads yeah. out. Shelly gets home, and uh, as he's leaving, she reveals that she has a gun, and she hides it. And, like, inside the wall of a cabinet where also the bloody jacket is. So she's moved that. Yeah, uh, I think, is all this left in this episode, the Josie stuff? Or is there something else after that? Yeah, we've got we got some Josie stuff, and, and that kind of morphs into Pete oh, and... Catherine stuff mm-hmm. uh but the the summary of it is that josie suspects that Catherine is somehow behind the death of her late 
husband, uh, sorry, Catherine is behind the death of Catherine's late brother, Josie's, who is also Josie's late Andrew husband, Packard. Andrew Packard. Josie thinks that Catherine was behind his death, even though it was ruled an accident. Um, she's confiding this information to Sheriff Truman, who, if you recall, what it was, she's in love with. The book. The, did they ever say what the accident was? The book makes it extremely complicated, but I don't recall. I zone out for a lot of this plot, especially in That's season fair. two, once it becomes Catherine dressing up in yellow face. Um, uh, so I, I, <laughs> I blank a lot of this plot out. That's um, fair. That's fair. But I forgot about that. Yeah. So Josie tells Truman about how she looked and found that there were two different ledgers in the uh, two different accounting books for the the mill that Catherine was keeping, but then she goes to show him, and there's only one there, because it turns out that Catherine has the whole place bugged. She can listen to all these conversations. She knew it's not that even Josie like saw the two bugged. There's books. just like, it's just one, like, I don't even, I don't know if this is still in modern houses, or if it's an old thing. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been in a house with a shared income above 55000 a year. Uh, but hmm. there's like an, an intercom system throughout the building, and she just has True. it on yeah. and is over listening, but like the camera like zooms out to her that she's holding the other book and smiling as she turns off the intercom and hides it away in another secret compartment in her desk, and uh, she basically tells uh, her, her husband, who steps in to fuck and off. she twists her imaginary mustache. Yeah, basically. But yeah, like, Joe's just like, do you believe me that there's two books? And he's like, yeah, I believe you. But this, this, was, this book's fine. So <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Um, and yeah, Pete. Right. Yeah, she, she uh, her, her line to Pete is uh, mean. And he's just like, I'm, okay, bye. And then he leaves. And then we get a scene of Cooper waiting at Laura's grave to see if any weirdos show up late at night. And ding, one ding, ding. Sure does. One does. It's, it's Dr. Jacoby, uh-huh. everyone's least favorite weirdo. <laughs> At least everyone in Twin Peaks' least favorite weirdo. People don't like him, I get the impression. I don't, I don't think so either. But yeah, he... Well, here's, here's his dialogue. Cooper walks over and says, uh, I didn't see you at the funeral today. And Dr. Jacoby's like, I'm a terrible person, Agent Cooper. <laughs> I pretend that he I'm just, not. He, he, he's like confronted by an FBI agent. And his first reaction is to just bare his soul. (laughs) Yeah. I pretend that I'm not, but I am. Oh, I sit and listen to their problems day after day. These people think of me as their friend. No, they don't. (laughs) And he he continues, truth is, I I don't really care. I thought nothing, no one, could ever reach me again. Laura changed all that. I couldn't come today. I just couldn't. I hope she understands. I hope she forgives me. And then the scene ends there. We get a, a, a few, another little tack on thing with Josie and Truman, just more of essentially what we were covering before. Yeah, she thinks yeah that Andrew was killed and that they uh, that Ben wants all the land, which yeah, of course he does. But uh, Sh- Sheriff Truman's like nothing's ever gonna happen if I'm around, and well, we'll see what happens about that. Yeah, uh, Cooper and Hawk muse about the soul, uh, if there's a soul, and um, I don't know if we want to read into that dialogue necessarily but hawk claims it's a blackfoot legend but when i googled the things that he says i believe they just made it up and okay. I, which is don't do that <laughs> don't just make up a thing and then say a real group of people believe it mm-hmm. 
But whatever. They say some shit about about souls and dreaming. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Just and don't attribute the bullshit yeah. you make up to another per- another people group. Mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah, they, they talk about that for a while. Are they at the Great Northern? This is Timber Room, but I don't remember if that's a room in the Great Northern or something else. I think it is. Yeah, I bring that up because uh, Leland starts dancing again, but he is uh, very, very sad that no one will dance uh, with him. He's asking, and people reject him because they And it seems like together. he's just asking strangers because clearly from the last scene, he used to, like, do fun little dances with his daughter because he was dancing to Pennsylvania 65000 or whatever mm-hmm. the last episode. And, and uh, yeah, he's clearly not stable when he's asking these people to dance with him and the fact that people are turning him down is making him more upset and it kind of just cycles negatively from there Mm -hmm. and yeah he falls down sobbing and uh cooper and hawk uh come over to take him out of the room i'm sure this is true of a lot of episodes but the final shot is a traffic light swinging in the breeze and then it ends that sounds like the way a Twin Peaks episode ends. For sure. sure. Joe, where are you on the internet? Oh, twitter.com slash ghost of Joe, ghost of J. Oh, uh, yeah, I tweet sometimes. This episode, I believe, comes out after the charity stream. So thank you if you were there for that. What should I plug? Let's see. I'm on another podcast called We Are Watching One Piece, where I'm rewatching One Piece with my friend Jory. He's watching for the first time. This is either, I think this might be right before the Dress Rosa episode start. Dress Rosa proper will start in June, but I'm excited about it. Uh, Dress Rosa is way too fucking long and busy, but I like the stuff that's good in it, and I'm excited to discuss it with Jory. Uh, so that's We Are Watching One Piece. You can find it where podcasts are. Uh, and I'm also writing essays about Disney movies in a project called Make Mine Movies. Getting into, I think, the 60s uh, and 70s by, by now. Uh, you can read them, uh, ghostofjoe.com, uh, or you can listen to them if that's uh, more your tempo at uh, uh, if you type in Make Mine Movies on a podcast app or Spotify, wherever, uh, I should be able to find it. There's also a direct link to the RSS feed in the first essay if you're someone who needs that for some reason, but it's out there. And yeah, I think that's all my stuff that I, I need to plug. Wheels, where can people find you? Twitter.com slash singular wheels and a podcast called Very Random Encounters, where some friends and I play tabletop role playing games and randomly determine as much as is possible. We're currently playing Bubblegum Shoe. We're solving mysteries. We got ourselves a mystery squad. We finally gave our squad a name as of the last episode we recorded. Logan told me. (laughs) But. God damn it, Logan, you're spoiling the show. No, it is the PJ Squad. You think it's short for pajama, but it's actually short for Paisley Jacket. (laughs) It's very good. That's on Very Random Encounters. You can find it at vre.show. You can also find the book of random encounters that my co-hosts over there and I co-wrote at bit.ly forward slash random book with a capital R and B. Hell yeah. You can find this show on Twitter at MemorizeCast. Uh, in our pinned tweet, you'll find some uh, some useful links, much like our show notes, such as our uh, Discord server that you can join, Patreon, where you can get these episodes early, or uh, our bonus Patreon episodes that we've been doing, which uh, we're, 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 we're changing things up for the summer. We're going to talk about the lore of the, the Glory Hammer albums. Uh, we're, we're planning to, to, to do three episodes on each of the records that are currently If you haven't heard released. of them... You it's should. good music. Yeah, good, uh, good, what, I don't, are they Swedish? Is it Swedish? 
power metal? Um, it is the uh, so Brandon Bowles, who is the composer and lyricist. Uh, he is from Scotland, mm. and then their vocalist is from uh, Switzerland, I believe. Okay, I hadn't looked it up, so that's why I guessed. Normally, <laughs> should not guess, but. Mm. Yes, uh, great records. I'm excited to talk about them, and uh, that's $5 a month for the bonus episode. You will also still get the early episodes. They usually go up to Sunday, uh, or uh, a couple days early, usually. Uh, what else is there? You can also join the Discord server for the whole podcast network we are on. Uh, go to theorangegroves.com. There's a link at the bottom of just about any page you wind, your, wind yourself up on. And our theme music comes to us from the great beyond. It is a remix of the main theme of this show link to it will be in the show notes the only place that i can locate it to source it and i think i think that's it yeah i think so uh you did the intro so i say that was rest in pain with an e we're going back to ten two time now whoa whoa pain yeah, yeah i didn't remember, remember i was- <laughs>